0: Day thirty-eight, part three. Posted September twenty-fourth, two thousand two, three twenty-two a.m. The revealing. Last time on the daily adventures of Mixerman. As I packed up my bag and put away my reference CDs, Willie and I hugged. He said he'd call me over the weekend or at the beginning of the week and keep me updated, and then he split. Once I'd finished collecting my belongings, I, too, exited the womb. The moment I cracked the door, I could hear the telltale signs of a bitch-slap discussion group session. They were obviously getting the bad news from Shorty Pants, and I didn't want to be anywhere near the vicinity of the fallout zone. So I marched right by the lounge without so much as a peek for fear of making some kind of eye contact and being somehow roped into the conversation. When I arrived at the front desk... I had the opportunity to exchange niceties with Magnolia, who was getting ready to leave for the weekend herself. The argument had escalated to the point that it could now be clearly heard at the front desk, which was a considerable distance from Bitch Slap's lounge. Magnolia, who loved to pry, was curious as to what was going on. Ah, you know, the usual band shit. Hard work. Anyway, see you in a few weeks. A few weeks? She sounded just like I did when I found out about drum auditions. I realized that I had made a serious blunder. I had no idea what arrangements had been made between Willie and Magnolia regarding how long we were to be booked. Now she was probably freaking out because she'd be out of three-week booking. Magnolia continued before I could even respond.
1: We've got another project starting in there in two weeks.
0: I hadn't really thought about that. Bitchlap was only supposed to be a six- to eight-week affair. Of course Magnolia had booked the room. Why wouldn't she? Then Magnolia pointed out that Bitchlap was booked for another two weeks. I told her that I just assumed that they would be auditioning drummers in the studio, since Willie wanted me to be available to record them at a moment's notice. Magnolia let out a sigh of relief, but the fact of the matter was, I didn't know this for sure. I told Magnolia that I really had no idea what was going on, and that I had been given a temporary hiatus. She would have to speak with Willie to get accurate and up-to-date information, as I worked on a need-to-know basis. Seeing as Willie's car was still in the lot, I figured he must have been participating in the melee down the hall, and I told her that he would likely be exiting the complex soon. Magnolia and I hugged. I told Magnolia to call me if the session left, so that I could have Cartage come and pick up my gear. Although the studios in the area tend to be decently stocked with compressors and such, I carry my own array of processors that I'm partial to. Unfortunately, the equipment needs to be trucked to and from the studio when I'm done with it. Fortunately, the record companies don't put up a squawk about cartridge. As I was leaving the lot, I noticed that the limo was gone. It was no longer blocking the exit to the lot, which I thought was odd, considering the band was arguing in the lounge. But it really wasn't any of my concern, so I didn't give this much thought beyond that. As I was driving home, I got a call on my cell phone. It was Willie, who was asking me if I knew where Harmon had gone. I didn't, because I just figured he was with them. But when I thought about it, I didn't hear Harmon's voice coming from the lounge. Apparently, Harmon and the limo driver had taken off for some unknown location, and neither the driver nor Harmon could be reached for comment. I told Willie that I couldn't help. I think I got more phone calls over this weekend than I have in two months' time. Phone call after phone call came in. I got multiple calls from Shorty Pants, Fingers, Lance, Willie, Shorty Pants' secretary, Eeyore, Dumbass, Jeremiah, even Virginia Skanky called me, and I'd love to know how the fuck she got my number. Each call was stranger than the last. My Saturday was starting to turn into some kind of David Lynch movie. It appears that Harmon and the limo had fallen off the face of the earth. Everyone involved on this project was searching for Harmon. They checked airports, hotels, and Virginia Skanky's pad. That sounds bad. They checked Harmon's usual hangouts, and everywhere anyone could think of that Harmon might have gone. But to no avail. Harmon Nino was nowhere to be found. On Sunday afternoon, as I was enjoying my kid's soccer game, I got a call on my cell phone. It's rare for me to even remove myself from my car these days. It's even rarer for me to carry my saw on family day, but these were unusual circumstances. Hello?
1: It's Lance. I've got to tell you what's happened.
0: And tell me he did. It seemed that Harmon had somehow managed to leave the limo driver at a diner just off Pacific Coast Highway, and was now wanted for Grand Theft Auto. I couldn't help but wonder if the ditching occurred at Alice's restaurant, but that was neither here nor there. Then Lance who was incapable of staying on one subject long enough for me to digest the information, told me that Shorty Pants had called to check his availability to play bass for the drummer auditions, at least until Harmon could be located. Located or bailed out? I questioned facetiously, but that garnered no reaction from Lance, unless you somehow consider ignoring a reaction. Can we hook up? He was obviously troubled, but I wasn't prepared to give up my family day quite yet. More importantly... I wasn't prepared to deal with the wrath that would surely ensue were I to actually attempt an interruption of family day. So I told Lance to meet me at the bar close to my house at 10 p.m., since my wife would likely be going to bed by then anyway. I arrived at the bar around 10.15. Lance was already there drinking a vodka and tonic, which I immediately inquired about and discovered, to my horror, that he was drinking the house well vodka. Lance looked extremely nervous, which is an unusual look in a bar, and he was beginning to draw attention to himself. I didn't bother torturing him by beating around the bush with unnecessary niceties and such. Rather, I got right to the heart of the matter. So what's up? I said moments before I ordered us a pair of Belvedere vodka martinis chilled up with olives. I wasn't going to sit there and drink rubbing alcohol with quinine and bubbles when we could be savoring the flavor of superior vodka. I felt it was my duty to educate the lad on the finer things in life. I would have ordered Chopin vodka, but they didn't happen to have any at this particular establishment. Chopin and Belvedere are both made in Poland. Belvedere is made from rye and is distilled four times. Suffice it to say, it's very pure. Chopin is vodka made from the Podlaski potato. I'm not sure I've ever eaten a Podlaski potato, but I'm certain they're fabulous. Both Belvedere and Chopin are excellent vodkas, although Belvedere is not the critics' darling. But fuck the critics. All my friends prefer Grey Goose, and I'm sure it's also an excellent vodka, but it tastes odd to me. It's French, so I fear the French might inadvertently allow the occasional grape to get into the batch somehow, and that would just fuck up vodka to a fare-thee-well. I think Kettle One is great vodka, too, and that's what I keep at the house. In fact... The large majority of this diary is written while drinking a Kettle One Martini on the rocks. Sky Vodka is probably the best buy as it's made in San Francisco and there are no import tariffs to cover. It too goes through a quadruple distillation process. I've ABed Sky and Belvedere and the difference in quality is quite marginal but the difference in price is quite vast. Anyway, these are just a few tips to keep in mind next time you buy vodka course as usual I digress. Lance was speaking in circles.
1: Now that I'm playing bass for the drum auditions and since my playing bass on the recordings is what led me to playing bass on the drum auditions will I still have my assisting gig when Harmon comes back?
0: I had to go over what he just said in my head a few times and then finally I got it. Lance was worried about losing his assisting gig. I assured him that he would stay on as my assistant as he was getting better at the job every day. I then raised my glass to toast him and took a swig of vodka martini.
1: What about the diary?
0: (laughs) Let me tell you. Vodka, even one as smooth as Belvedere, burns like a motherfucker and can be excruciatingly painful when it's coming out of your nose. I quickly grabbed a bar napkin... And as much as I had blown my cover, I still pretended I didn't know what he was talking about. Diary? I gurgled. What diary? I felt like a complete idiot. Here I was, writhing in pain, collecting ice-cold Belvedere drippings with a soiled cocktail napkin, trying to pretend I didn't know what the hell he was talking about.
1: How many wombs in L.A. had their glass broken out this month?
0: Lance asked as he began to laugh at me. I was frozen with terror at hearing this description. Either that or I was frozen from frost-bitten nasal passages. I wasn't quite sure which. I had to face reality. I was busted. And the only real question was, to what extent was I busted? Fortunately, Lance spared me and immediately eased my fears on that front.
1: Don't worry, I haven't told anyone.
0: He confided, leaning toward me. He asked how I came up with the first name of Lance for him. I told him it was because he had a zit that I felt could have used some lancing in the first week. I probably should have told him that it was someone I knew in high school, but I didn't think of it at the time. So, what about the diary? He asked me again, ignoring my insensitivity toward his epidermal conditions. For the life of me, I couldn't understand why the fuck he kept asking me this question. I don't know, what about it? I snapped. I was losing patience with Lance's repetition of that particular question. I just didn't understand what he wanted to know.
1: What if I were to chronicle the drum auditions during your break?
0: I didn't say a word to Lance as I ordered another round of vodka martinis. I just sat and thought about what had just been proposed to me. And Lance, being the smart lad he is, allowed me time to think without a word and without even the slightest amount of non-verbal pressure. At first, I was against the concept, but the more I thought about it, the more I liked the idea. Not only would it keep the viewing public informed as to what was going on with the Bitch Slap session, it would keep me informed as well. I was convinced when Lance began to use terminology like the womb and the names I had given each member of Bitch Slap. He even gave me a little taste of an imaginary day and I began looking forward to the concept of actually being able to read about Bitch Slap as opposed to writing about them. Writing about them was becoming nothing short of draining. It was bad enough spending countless hours with the jokers, but then having to relive my experiences through writing about them has been nothing short of exhausting. I certainly can't go to sleep the moment I get home. I'm usually up for a good two or three hours after I get home anyway, but writing this diary was more than I bargained for. I wrote a chapter early on calling this diary my albatross. You can imagine what it is now. At first I thought writing this diary would be fun, and to some extent it has been. But it's also been an enormous amount of work, and to get a break from it would be as revitalizing as getting a break from the session itself. Still, I have every intention of finishing this diary until the end. Finally, I came to a decision. Without saying a word, I wrote down an email address on a cardboard coaster and gave it to Lance. It's kind of like magic. You type out your thoughts, you email them to the dude behind the curtain, and then your thoughts mysteriously appear on the website the next morning. I can't say whether or not Lance will actually write his chronicles, or for how long. Hopefully, it'll all work out, and he'll be able to keep us all entertained as I get some work done around the house on my hiatus. Lance and I had just about wrapped up our business, but we now had fresh drinks before us, so I figured this would be a good time to tell Lance about the rules. You're not allowed to go on any other sites to discuss your chronicles. You can never tell anyone that you're Lance. And I reserve the right to make up more rules as I see fit. Oh, most of all, you can never rename me in the story. And we toasted to that. Cheers. Uh, cheers. Mixer Man.